days in the person's life. The day we were born and the day we discover why. One is a date in time and the other isn't. The other's probably not a date at all. Because the reality is, it is a sequence of events and circumstances. And it is literally, if you will, a plan that God has. And the only problem with that plan, it's on the third floor of heaven. Amen. And he's the only one that knows the plan. I, I, I tell folks this all the time. I believe the Christian life is much like a, a puzzle. And you know, you get a puzzle and you open it and it's got all of these hundreds of pieces in it. And you stick the lid up there. And as long as you can see the lid and see the different colors, you can put the puzzle together. How many understand what I'm talking about? Okay. Well, God opens up the box and then when we're not looking, He grabs the lid. And what He does, He says, put this piece here. Put this piece here. Put this piece here. Now, I said earlier, one of the reasons that I believe some people never know why they were born is because they're too rebellious. God says them to do something, they won't do it. Or they know a truth and they they buck that truth that they already know. God gives us truth in the Word of God. There's no need of Him giving us any other truth if we're going to... If we're, going, if, we're, if we're going to bust that truth that we already know, you know, uh, if, if, no matter what that truth might be, and if God reveals that truth to you, and you do something with it, praise God, it gives you another truth, and you do something with it, and it, does, and it gives another one. I said this, sometimes we don't know what God, why we're born, because we don't ask God why we were born. We're busy doing our own thing and living our own lives. But it is the third reason tonight that I believe becomes the greatest obstacle. It becomes the greatest reason that we do not, cannot figure out why we were born. And that is this. We we so struggle with the steps that God gives. We 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 are so we we so struggle with the the if God if God's going to show me and by the way down the road God does show Joseph why he was born. He said, "Ye meant it for evil, but God meant it for good to save much people alive." And he said, "Listen, I was born to save a nation from annihilation." And defeat them and take care of them. But in the process of those steps, and there's a, if, the, if the will of God, if the purpose is here, when God's going to let me see why I was born, it is in these steps to that destination that we so struggle with. And you read the life of Joseph, because somewhere, Somebody told us, if you get saved, you'll be on a good ship, all that pop, and well, hallelujah, everything's going to be wonderful and glorious, and we sell it to the wild blue daughter to, the, to, to a wonderful glory. 
Christianity? Is there not a God in the journey? Is there not some joy in the journey? Why, why are we on the journey? Is God so haphazard that He can speak a world in the six days? Place all its beauty and glory in this world? And yet, I can't figure out in Him why I was born. My. So if there's no slack on His part, there has to be one on mine. In this story, one of the things I want you to see is this. Whenever we realize that in the journey, if we can learn to see God in the journey. The one prayer that I'm praying for so many in this church is this. God opened their eyes to see Open their eyes to see you. Because in that journey, God does a lot of great things. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Step one. Number two. Lean not to thine own understanding. How many of you have ever faced something that you cannot wrap your mind around? You cannot wrap your thinking. You can't wrap your understanding around it whatsoever. I'll be very honest with you. Three weeks ago, Lord took Audrey out. And and I can't wrap my mind around that. I told God today, I just can't take my little puny brain and wrap my mind around that and make sense of that. But God, I still want to trust you about my heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. There's seven fundamental facts about God's guidance. Young people, are you listening? Are you listening? You need this desperately. Number one, he puts you exactly where he wants you to be. Hallelujah. He puts you exactly where he wants you to be. Number two. He can arrange all the details years in advance. He can arrange all the details years in advance. He can open doors that seem to be shut tight. He can remove any obstacle that's in your way. He can take your choices and fit them into His plan for the right place just at the right time. He can take mistakes that we make and bring good out of them. He can take tragedy and use it for your good and His glory. My. I want to read them again because I want to make sure you get them. He can put you exactly where He wants you to be. He can arrange all the details years in advance. He can open doors that seem shut tight. He can remove any obstacle that's in your way. He can take your choices and fit them into His plan for the right place at just the right time. He can make, take mistakes 
and bring good out of them. He can take tragedy and use it for your good and his glory. Proverbs writer said this, A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. And many times, many times, the revelation of why God allowed us to be born doesn't come until later on in life. Now, young people, don't, don't, don't get sideways with me, but most of them are too dumb to figure that out. I was in my 30s before I figured out why God put me why I was born. Even though, even as a young, as a young man, even as a child, I wondered a lot about it. Often revelation doesn't come to late in life. Sometimes others see it before we do. I thought it was interesting. Darlene and my daddy was talking about me preaching before God ever settled that thing in my heart. Before God ever, ever settled it in my heart, my dad and my wife knew God was going to call me to preach. And, and I love it. My Darlene said, I knew God was going to do it. But I said, well, I want it to be real for me. Bless God, I ain't mama called or wife called either one. Often the circumstances of life will reveal it to us. An Old Testament man that followed this pattern and path was a man by the name of Joseph. Ronnie taught this in, in, in our leadership class. He's talking about leadership being a process. It is a process of what God does in our life. Well, the Christian life is a process. One of the things we fail to understand is this. Okay, I'm going to believe God. Okay, God, let me have it. Number one, you couldn't handle it if God gave it to you. And number two, you would probably blow out if he did give it to you. Truth of the matter is, God prepares us. In Genesis 37, Joseph is 17 years old. He's working in the family business. He doesn't have a clue about his own future. And like it or not, like it or not, Joseph had no idea why he was born. But at 17, some events started unfolding in his life. And by the time he's 30 years old, he says, Ye meant it for evil. But time out! I see now! Why God put me on earth and why I was born. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good to save much people alive. While those events are unfolding, Joseph ain't got a clue as to what's going on. No doubt he wondered. I, I said this early, only God's got the blueprint to life. And we find this. So let me show you how this story unveils. Number one, he was his father's delight. The Bible says, And Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. My, my children uh, are always, always making this kind of comment that, that we're better to the grandchildren than we are to them. Now, I don't know if that's true, amen, but it's you know why? Because when you get older, you you get a little slow. You don't. You're not such a a, a fast pace, and you slow down a little bit, and and you begin, and your heart maybe gets a little softer, a little more tender to the things of God, 
And, uh, and, and so they're always, but he was, a, he was a son of his old age. And when his brothers saw their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto them. So number one, I see a family, a father's delight. Number two, I see a family's dysfunction. Now the word dysfunction is not in this story, but I'm going to tell you, you're talking about a dysfunctional family. How many of you have got some crazy kid people? Amen. How many of you are the crazy kid people? Amen. This family, listen to how this family was made up. One father, four mothers, four wives, God help him, twelve brothers, one daughter, and the father loved one son over all the rest. If you don't think there's trouble coming, there's a trouble coming. It's brewing right under the surface in Jacob's complicated family. Joseph, many years, will, will rescue this entire crowd. And they're going to betray him. Joseph, many years down the road, will be the very ones that will feed them and care for them. And now they're hating him and cursing him. Threatening to betray him. Well, they do betray him. And by the way, nobody has a perfect family. I'm going to preach on this, Lord's willing, Sunday. So let me give you a little preview of it. I'm going to preach a message on don't judge a book by its cover. And one of the things that, I, that, I, that that's, that's really gripped me in, in my heart is this. I don't know of any family that lives close enough to God to judge another family. I don't know of another. I, I, I'm going to tell you something. Boy, boy they, they, my family, don't, we don't live close. We don't live that close. I'll go to God and we do. We don't live close enough to judge another family. Here was, here was, here was all of this man. My goodness, what, what a mess. The Bible says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It's even the vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. Psalm says, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. What a dysfunctional family. And and uh, see, we, we get this idea the real problem is out there. No, the real problem is here. Every problem I have is not any church member. It is one I face every day. That actually gives me more problems than anybody else. And so we find, the Bible says, all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Boy, that knocks the problems out of all of us, don't it? Bible comes and says this, but we see his father's delight and family's dysfunction. But I want you to see a fascinating, I want you to see a fascinating direction and how God unfolds this thing. How did God unfold? We see him in Genesis 37. He starts out, he's tending sheep, but by the end he'll be a slave in Egypt. And we find it. First of all, I want you now keep in mind, I want you to see something here. Hey, young people, I want you to see something here. Young people, are you listening? I want you to see something here. I want you to see how things unfold in your life that will lead you to know why God allowed you to be born. Number one, he worked in the family business. And there's all the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. 
He was a shepherd. He worked in the family business. Had you asked Joseph at this time, Hey man, why was you born? He said, Well, I think I was going to be a shepherd. I was born to be, to, 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 my daddy was a shepherd, my papa was a shepherd. I was born to be a shepherd. My daddy worked in the furniture factory. When I got old enough, I lived to work in the furniture factory. I thought I'd always work in the furniture factory. Until God showed up. She worked in the family business. Number two, he stood for different values. Now I, need, now I need your attention here tonight. And the lad was with the sons of Billi and with the sons of Zilphah, his father's wives. Joseph bond his father their evil report. No doubt Jacob knew that some of his sons were men of low character. Joseph simply reported it to his fathers, what he saw and what he heard. Some people said he tattled. I don't know if we did or not. I'll tell you this much. Had a set of different values. I wish. Come here, come in. If he chooses to walk with God, there's one thing. Number two, number three, he was marked out as a special at an early age. There was something different about him. And Israel loved Joseph more than all of his. There's something different about him. There's something different about him. This is a, there, there's something unique, something different. And we've got a child that, that God's got his hand on and doing something different about some. It's not like the, well, you ought to praise God for that. And you usually see it in an early age. Boy, this is a part of the story most everybody. The father made him a robe of many colors, a coat of many colors. This coat was embroidered and likely had long sleeves. Now, 
Now, what you've got to understand in that day, men didn't go to work with a coat on. Let me, let me give you this kind of illustration. If I walked in a furniture factory in a suit, what's that tell you? I'm not there to work. I'm bunched. I'm not there to work. And after Joseph walked up black coat and these colors, he said, Yes, yeah, you must have work. He's in charge. He's in charge. Now don't miss the next statement. He had two strange dreams. And the Bible says, and Joseph dreamed a dream. And I'm not going to read all that, but Joseph had two strange dreams. One dream, and God literally showed him the end of where he was going. God don't always do that. God don't always do that. But he did with him. Now, I don't put a lot of confidence in dreams. But I can tell you this much. He gave one to Joseph. Matter he gave two to Joseph. On one, the stalks of corn are bowing. Another, then the second one, the moon and the stars are bowing. His brothers knew this, and they said, I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to bow to you. Brother said, Daddy said, Son, why are you talking about it? It's me and your mother going to bow to you too. God's going to use him. God's unfolding something. Could I get, could I help you? Can, would you let me help you tonight? We've got to see above these circumstances that we face to something much bigger. What's God doing in our life? We find he had number two. Not, not only that, but his brothers hated him the more. Often those closest will hinder the greatest. Four times. In verse four, they hated him. Verse five, they hate him yet the more. Verse eight, they hate him yet the more. Verse 11, his brothers envied him. That really is usually the start of it. It's where jealousy and pride slips into our hearts. Would you listen to me now? There is a way. And, and by the way, forget the young people. I have the young people in our church. Parents. Parents. Here's a way nobody will ever say anything about you or anyone else in the world. Here's how you do it. Say nothing, be nothing, and do nothing. And nobody He was from West Virginia. 
Do you think he liked it? No, he didn't like it. They ate a meal while he was in the pit. Listen, they sat down to eat bread, the Bible says. And all, and then when, they, when the traitors come up, they sold him, betrayed him. His own brothers. Yet in the midst of all these circumstances, my God is not mentioned at all in chapter 37. God is not mentioned Per se, in chapter 37, go home and read it again. Now I'll tell you what you do see. I see God in every step of the circumstance. Tonight, if we could allow God to open our eyes and to see God in the circumstances of life, how many of you somebody say, oh, you something about you? They did that that stuff. How many of you?
working a little bit and uh, and uh, he's in a garage now it's not yet he messes up it's when he messes up and he's probably going to get a pretty harsh treatment I'm going to be honest with you he comes to me and I'm just okay well you're fixing that big boy Fix what you made wrong and do the best you can to do a good job. But we've got to understand had Joseph in any one of these, had Joseph been betrayed, my brother betrayed me, I quit! A nation would have been lost being saved and he would have never been used but the glory of Tonight, I want you to see something bigger. So I'm going to give you two main lessons here tonight. Please get these. Number one, when God chooses a leader, He will often allow enemies to arise who will put Him to the test. Where did Joseph's enemies come from? His worst enemies come from his own flesh and blood. You know who's hurting me worse than anybody else? People in this church. People that said, boy, I love you, preacher. I respect you. I love you. And then quit me. Walk out. Then I'm not going to understand this. When they leave, they get a million junkyard dollars. They do everything they can. Every case, but almost every case, it's happened. His worst enemies come from his own flesh and blood. Matthew ten thirty six: A man's foe shall be they of his own household. Don't let it surprise us when our greatest enemies are the people who we thought we could trust turn against us. Number two, but God's going to test you when God chooses a leader. I love this. When God chooses a leader, not even his enemies can stop him from doing God's will. When God chooses a leader, even his enemies cannot stop him from doing God's will. Tonight, and is all that are, and all through our church, and our, our church for the last three weeks, some of you new members have not felt it before. Some of Through all of this, even our enemies cannot stop us from doing the will of God. So the question comes, how big is your God? How big is your God? This whole 
The real hero, we looked at this last week, the real hero of Joseph's story is not Joseph. The real hero of Joseph's story is God. Now here's the truth I want you to get tonight. The whole story illustrates how God accomplishes his purpose for us even when we're clueless about the big picture. Already, this whole story illustrates how God accomplishes his divine purpose for us when we're clueless about the big picture. One more illustration, I'm done. We still on a white church. And uh, a man come up to me one day. And um, he said, uh, Why did one day the church is filled up and put nobody else? And I said, Well, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go back here to the back and we're going to buy this house and we're going to, we're going to put it, we're going to extend the church, we're going to make it bigger back here. And everything I did. Thank you. 
Stand your feet. Every head.